A lifeguard shortage is affecting public pools across the country. The problem of child sex abuse in the Boy Scouts of America. This extremely tight-knit community shattered by gun violence. I don't want another young gymnast, Olympic athlete, or any individual to experience the horror that I and hundreds of others have endured. Closing pools nationwide is causing some unexpected people to step up. Thanks for joining us and welcome to episode three of our podcast, Staffing Safety Society. I'm Kevin Trapani. And I'm Paige Bagwell. And today we're going to talk about passing the trash. Ooh. Yeah, a crazy topic. <laughs> episode three, it gets real, Kevin, it gets real. <laughs> I sure hope you're going to help us do this in an appropriate way, Paige, but we're off to the races anyway. Yes. Uh, listen, let's start by talking about the issue of the day. And Paige, you know, I want to talk about heroes. Mm, love it. You know, in our society, we can't stand to have heroes, right? We we worship them for two seconds and tear them down for 10 years. But I think that in the last uh, 10 days or so, we've seen some really heroic behavior um, in the wake of Hurricane Ian. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we recognize how desperate the circumstances are, particularly in Southwest Florida. Um, and there's nothing that changes what people are facing there. But I wanted to point out a couple of things. First of all, the rescue efforts on Pine Island and Cayo Costa and Sanibel have been remarkable. Yeah, amazing. I mean, you got the Cajun Navy and all kinds of people with private boats. There's no access. The causeways are out. I, I've just thought that was amazing, but it's, they've received a lot of attention appropriately. So same thing with the recovery starting on Fort Myers Beach, which is going to be, Lord knows how long that might know, be. Right. Devastating. Amazing stuff going on. But I wanted to kind of lift up a few others that we don't talk about very much. You know, there were probably tens of thousands of lives saved by the combination of the storm chasers, the guys that fly into the middle of the hurricane mm -hmm. to know what the force is, what it looks like and where it's going. And a whole bunch of technology wizards over a long, long period of time who helped us know where to evacuate and when. Right. And without that, we'd be back in the 50s where all of a sudden it showed up and thousands and thousands of people would die. And I just want to say, you know, we criticize technology um, and we laugh about Jim Cantori leaning into the wind or the <laughs> storm chasers flying into this. But without them, you know, we're lost. So I just wanted to lift them up. And then the second group is a group that never gets any real respect, and that's government leaders. And I uh, you know, we've been watching... Mr. Biden criticized Mr. DeSantis for a long time, and Mr. DeSantis called Mr. Biden Brandon for years now, or months anyway. And it, it feels embarrassing to me. But when the chips were down this last week, the two of them stood side by side and guaranteed those people that government would be there for them. Right. They just put politics aside. I remember that watching that when uh, when President Obama and Governor Christie were side by side after Hurricane mm -hmm. Superstorm Sandy. Uh, and I just think it's appropriate for us to recognize when leaders behave in ways that are selfless. Right. And I'm grateful for that. Right. And I think, you know, the picture of them, not just them being together, their wives being beside them, like yeah. them showing up all like all in, we're all yep. here. We're all here for the same reasons. We love the people of this country and of the state. And um, it reminds us of who we are at our core. That's when our, when things are down and when people are hurting and suffering, we have heroes that show up. And a lot of times you don't see that in government leaders. And it's, it's just, it's been a nice reminder of who we are at our core when we're at our, in our most difficult situations. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree completely. And frankly, it's what we ought to expect of them all the time. All the time. Right. Because we have difficult moments in this country ahead of us. Well, anyway, okay. You said we're getting real. And so I need you to help me. What, what do we mean by pass the trash? Pass the trash. And so, yeah, let's talk about that a little bit because this, there's a human factor to that. And um, you and I both know um, there is no human on this earth that is trash. None. Um, we are, and we have been given this blessed life. And as part of this life is to just what we just talked about, support people, love people, even when things are difficult or when things are going well. And so no one is trash, but there are, we're human and people make mistakes. They make wrong choices. And some of those choices are bad trash. <laughs> trash. They're just bad and trash. Yeah. And so what we're talking about today is when someone makes that mistake specifically, what we're going to talk about is like, you know, sexual abuse, um, other types of abuse in a situation or in an organization. And then they leave that, they get fired, you know, suspended, terminated, and then they go to another organization and that the same thing happens again. And so you're not catching like, oh, wait, they've already done this somewhere else. So we shouldn't hire them here. And then, or, and then another bad situation happens and they get fired and then they go 30 miles down the road and get a job somewhere else. And so I just think, I hate that that's the term that society is using for the situation past the trash. What I think they're, what the term is trying to say is not past the trash people. It's pass the bad act from one group to another group to have to continue to deal with it when let's deal with it one time so that more people are safe going forward. Yeah, you bet. I like that. It's past the bad acts. And I think specifically what we're talking about is when an organization knows of the allegations or of the acts that have been committed, and then they uh, they don't inform the hiring organization, the next organization of that, which they know. Now we should say that we're really delighted because this really good topic, really important topic was yeah. recommended to us by one of our listeners, a boys and girls club leader uh, from out West. And we're really grateful. First of all, anytime our listeners say, Hey, listen, why don't y'all take this on? Especially no, when first it's of all, good- anytime someone listens, it's great. Oh. <laughs> then when somebody good listens point. and makes a recommendation, that's even better. <laughs> Stop it. We have tens of listeners, tens <laughs> of listeners. The point is, it's great to get that kind of engagement, especially when it's something really substantive like this. And so here's our topic, colloquially called pass the trash. Somebody doesn't pass on the information they should pass on. Uh, to the next organization to protect kids. And that's really what it's about. And so, Paige, it's clear that we would think that any organization, any leader of an organization would have a moral obligation to do this. It seems silly that we should have to be talking about this. Is there a legal obligation as well? I mean, yes, there is. And there are state laws around this, but overall, in general, you have to own, if you know something that could endanger others, it's fact. That anytime you know, hey, they're going to go to another, let's use a specific YMCA example. I have terminated them from this Y, my YMCA, because of they have broken these rules. They have had this situation around sexual abuse or grooming behaviors, anything like that. And I know now that they're applying at the YMCA 30 miles down the road. I have an obligation to call and say, I just need you to know that they were terminated from our company because they broke these rules. They, you know, these types of things. It's facts. It's not about, hey, I'm calling because I didn't really like them. Like they weren't a nice person. That's not what you're calling to say. You're calling to say, here's the policies we had in place. Here's the policies that were broken. And this is why they were terminated. And those are facts. And you can, you can be safe giving those facts to people. 
Yeah. And so that's really important, Paige, because now what you're talking about is policies that were broken. You're not supposed mm -hmm. to be alone with a child. You're not supposed to give a gift to a child or have contact with them outside the program. They did all three of those things. They don't have to have abused the child or we don't have to have proven that they abused the child. They simply broke the policies. And here's the facts because right. those policies are for the protection of children. Exactly. And so there's a legal structure to this. Give us a, just a quick rundown of the history of this. This didn't happen yesterday, right? <laughs> Gosh, I mean, it started in 1965. Remember the elementary and secondary, the Education Act, right? Mm -hmm. And there have been multiple titles that have been added through the years. I think we'll kind of highlight the 1972 Title IX. That is where all of this kind of got brought to um, the forefront of our minds of how you protect kids and students in school and in situations where they're, you know, doing extracurricular activities and different things like that. Wait a um, minute, Title IX. I, so we all know Title IX because Title IX is why we win women's World Cups in yes. soccer, right? But, <laughs> but I don't understand what Title IX has something else to it. It does. It actually protects students from sex-based discrimination, which is what we all kind of assume and know about Title IX. But mm -hmm. it also protects students from sexual abuse or misconduct by school employees. So that's another part of Title IX that we don't hear about as much, which I think is why past the trash gets another terminology is because nobody's talking about this part of Title IX. They're only talking about the just sex-based discrimination that we hear most often. Yeah. And I guess it's continued to be amended and new acts and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and it's been here in the news recently. Uh, you know, I was talking about the nonpartisan engagement of President Biden and Governor DeSantis. Mm -hmm. I was really encouraged to learn that Joe Manchin, a Democrat from Senator Democrat from West Virginia and Senator Pat Toomey, a Republican from Pennsylvania, have been really on this topic recently with um, uh, letters and requests for more enforcement. Do you have a sense of what they're talking about? What's going yeah, on there? I mean there's been studies and there's been kind of audits around from the Department of Education of what states are doing and what they're looking at. Sadly, in their last report, which was very recent, I think this kind of report came out from Toomey's office in, in September of this year, mm -hmm. 32 states don't have the baseline requirements, the baseline policies to meet the requirements of what, we're, what we've been talking about since 1972. Yeah, after all these <laughs> years, it's crazy. 32 out of 50. That's, that's not where we want to be. That's not yeah. where we want to be. Yeah, and I, I think I read somewhere that there are eight or 10 states that don't even require you to document a case of uh, sexual abuse or a complaint about sexual abuse. Yep, because they don't have to put it on prior, you know, I'm not going to put it on this application. So I worked in this state and that's not going to transfer to this state. It puts a lot of pressure on hiring managers and HR departments to say, I got to I got to start like really diving deep and digging deep to make sure who I'm hiring to take care of children specifically is exactly who I know them to be and what the, you know what their history looks like. Yeah. And just so everybody understands, these laws are in place. It's not, we're not making this up. They're, no. they're clear obligations. And yet what we're seeing is not only people not telling the hiring organization what's going on, but there's apparently a long track record of folks writing positive recommendation letters. Oh, yeah. The idea being that that will get them out of their district back to passing the trash, right? So right. literally making up a positive recommendation to kind of get rid of people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think people are making it up. And I think, Kevin, you and I both know, you and I, we're, we're not perfect people, but let's put us in this situation where we've done something that's gotten us terminated. I can find someone to give me a positive recommendation in my life, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? We yeah. can get it. And yeah. so I think you, you, know, you and I were talking about this earlier. It's that and who else wants to talk about what's happened? Like, so it's don't just take 
exactly what you're getting from somebody as, oh, this is who they are. Of course, they're going to people to give them great recommendations. That's what they want to do to get a job. And so how did, what, what do you think? Heaven, talk to me about that. Well, how do you get a little deeper to understand really where are the good recommendations that give me kind of an unbiased look at who this applicant is? Yeah, well, you're into the really important part, I think, which is what we've said we would do every week, which is here's the issue. Here's some background on the issue. But what do we do? Right, I'm out here running a youth serving organization. What do I do? And Paige, I think your point is really well taken uh, that we, we're going to get positive recommendations that are going to be positive. The person going to put a name on the list that will give me a positive recommendation. So one of the things that, that we like to do is to ask for a secondary recommendation. So pages on the list, just imagine that you would give me a positive recommendation page just to stretch your mind. Let me think about that one for a few minutes. So Paige is going to give me a positive recommendation. The hiring manager would say to Paige, is there somebody else that can give me additional kind of texture or context for Kevin? And then Paige is going to say, oh, Sally Smith over here also worked with Kevin for a really long time. Why don't you give her a call? And now Sally Smith wasn't on my list, but maybe there's a reason Sally wasn't on my list. And right. so I think pursuing a little deeper, uh, but Paige, one of the things that you've, so that's one thing, right? So right. get secondary recommendations, go deeper. Uh, and I'll just take this moment to share something we've been recommending for about 15 years, which is always ask for a family member recommendation. Yep. And that sounds counterintuitive because the next 99 times you ask, I'm going to get mom who's going to say, hey, Kevin's great. And by the way, did you know how good looking he is? Mm -hmm. But that's not going to be helpful. But on the hundredth time, mom is going to say, is there anything Kevin can do besides working with kids? Yep. That's exactly Because right. mom knows that that's where the problem is. And so so deeper on the on the recommendations, but but you've been great for years and years about the side of kind of documentation and determining truth. And so you just talk about that for just a little bit. Yeah, and I'll come at that at a couple of different angles. I mean, I think for an HR department, it, it's hard because you know people complain about all types of things, right? And so, but taking every concern to its own truth, everybody brings their own truth, and in, in doing those investigations, but. Um, and our own director of HR here, Kevin at Redwoods, would, is going to do cartwheels when I say the next statement is you have to document. You have to state that you knew something was going on, even if it's like I did an investigation and it actually turned out that I don't think this is actually how it was portrayed. Don't, this has to be documented. Like you have to move forward with those things. Just like you said, I've, I've asked these you know, reference checks. I've asked mom. I've, I'm going to go a little deeper document those reference checks that this is what you're learning and any red flags you see, that's where you're, you're going to pause and say like, how do we investigate or go a little further? Like we need to back to that Toomey report that he was, that they just released um, to this point, eight of the state agencies reported, they don't document any district complaints, mm -hmm. not at all, any complaints, including sexual misconduct and seven say, I think we document it, but I don't, I don't know where those are. And so, so <laughs> Might as right? well not so document. That's the point is you're, you're asking for information. You need to be documenting that information. You also need to be sharing that information with, you know, your, your HR department, if you're a hiring manager, whatever, to say, this is what I know. These are the facts that have been laid out in front of me, which is why we've been really important to say those things. These are the facts that have been laid out in front of me. This person has, you know, we've been learning these things about this person and this is the job they're going to do. Is yeah. it the right job? You don't have to look at someone and say, yeah, everybody was like, I'm not sure about you with kids. It's just that, hey, we've looked at the job description. You look what skill sets you're bringing. We've called your recommendations and we just don't feel like this is the right job for you with us at this point in time. We're not asking to tear people down. 
right? We're not asking them. We're not asking you to treat people like trash. We're asking you to treat them like individuals. Do your homework, do your research, document where they are and look at what you're asking them to do for your organization and figure out if it's a good fit. Yeah. Well, simply you're in terms of providing a recommendation or not, any kind of a reference, you're asking them to tell the truth, Absolutely. Right? document and then share the facts. Okay. Uh, I want to and look, get I'll to- add this really fast, Kevin. I'm so sorry. No it, it, and it goes for anything, not even just sexual misconduct. If I, I'm sure there are people in my life that would say, oh, gosh, Paige is a, she's a joy to work with, but when she gets in this situation, it might be a little tougher, right? Like we, we all have those things. What those people are doing for me is setting me up for success. Mm-hmm. Right. And just like mom saying, can he do anything else but work with kids? It's her saying, please, I need to protect my child in this situation. Right. That's what you're getting at. It's not about passing the trash or finding out who's doing bad things. It's about right. setting people up for success so that they don't have the opportunity to make the bad choices. Look at it right. that way versus, oh, I just don't want bad people. Right. It's, it's, it's a different way to look at it. Well, then talking about setting people up for success, let's talk about the kind of the last one that at least I have in my head. You may have more. Um, I, I just believe we need to supervise new hires in childcare situations very closely. Mm-hmm. And, and the example I'll give is this. Uh, we've always said for many, many years, when you are hiring international camp counselors, which by the way, we fully support, right? Yep. Provides an element of diversity and it, it that uh, a diverse experience for campers, a global perspective. It's awesome on so many different levels, right. but often from certain parts of our planet, it's really hard to be confident in the background checks that we might be getting. It's just nobody's evil. Nobody's trying to do bad things or, you know, uh, shortcut, but it's hard to get credible background checks in some places. And so our point of view has always been that if you've got an international counselor who's with you for 10 weeks, they just don't get autonomous or independent access to the kids. They just have to be with somebody else. They can do great work. We're grateful for the work that they do. They have a great experience. But I feel the same way about new hires. We can't just take positive recommendations blindly. right? right? So we've said dig a little bit further, but also supervise them very carefully and don't give them autonomous and independent access to the kids for a good long period of time until you're really comfortable that in on your watch, they're not rule breaking. They're not doing the things that you can't have happen. Absolutely. I mean, because it's also a great opportunity for these counselors to come and do camp in America or whatever the case may be. And so set them up for success, help them understand, like, these are the boundaries, these are the guidelines, and we're going to have folks watching to make sure you understand those and make sure. And, and I'm not, we're not just saying this about international, every new hire should have it, right? right? Um, It's follow, you know, follow them along, making sure they're successful. And it doesn't, I'm sure some people are saying, I don't have time to sit there and follow these people around all day to make sure they're doing their job. Especially in this staffing situation. Exactly. So how do you, what are your other checkpoints? Hey, head lifeguard on duty, when you're taking your break, can you just kind of do a round and, and, you know, check out other things that are happening around you? Or like, how do you get creative with your other staff and other leadership to say, let's just make sure our eyes are on all counselors, especially our new ones, more often so that we can be setting them up for success and not letting, you know, giving them, you know, free reign to to make a mistake that they may not even realize they're making in some situations. You bet. Okay. So we have a moral obligation to tell the truth and not pass the trash. We have a legal obligation to tell the truth and not pass pass the trash. So what we want to do is document, tell the truth, go deeper on recommendations and supervise Supervise. really closely. Okay. That is really good content. It is now time for us to not give away our shot.
I like so this Paige, time. What's like your shot? Time. I would say for my shot today is, um, especially the organizations that we deal with on a regular basis, you have a, a just a tremendous opportunity to give people an environment where they learn a lot. They learn a lot about leadership. And I think is what I was talking about a little bit earlier, how you approach that in hiring and getting people to your organization to work for you. Don't look at it as I just, I just got to find somebody. You're not just trying to find a warm body and don't look at it as I don't want trash. Look at it as how am I going to understand who these people are, what I need them to do and how I can set them up for success. Change your frame of mind to say, I just want people that want this work that understand what I need from them and give them the opportunity to succeed. And so just, I'd say, change your um, frame of mind there. That's your shot to look at it a little differently. Yeah. Yeah. And you've always said invest in people, right? Absolutely. My last shot is uh, maybe simpler than yours. First time that sentence has ever been said. When it, when it comes <laughs> to recommend, man, Kevin, such a simple <laughs> when it comes to recommending people, this is really simple. Don't do what you can. Mm. Do what you should, right? You can, you can decide to pass this person on without a recommendation at all. You're not lying, you're not, you know, but withholding the information to me is lying. You can do it, but you shouldn't. Yep. So don't do what you can, do what you should. And that brings us to the close of an episode that I wasn't sure we we're going to be able to get through. I know, right? We Don't were nervous about this one because we love people. That's what we do all day, every day. And so it, yeah. it was it was a hard one for us. Yeah. You bet. But let me say this to our tens of listeners. Uh, <laughs> please shoot us a note uh, uh, and, and let us know if there's a topic you want us to take on. We're really grateful uh, for this one. And we'll see you next week. Sounds good. Thanks, everyone. See you, Paige. Bye.